up y'all welcome back how y'all doing welcome back we miss y'all puffy is finishing rolling up if you're wondering why i sound like this do not worry i do not have the vid okay that bitch got corona i don't I know do, what y'all talking about i do not you I know what i have fuck. i have a serious case Mm-mm. of allergies we the sad part is you could talk all that shit you want we're not sure yet so all right listen my first my first test results came back that i do not have the vid the first one and so we're waiting but mm-hmm. listen bitch, bitch the antihistamines you... are working is allergies i know it i know it ragweed yo i'm telling you ragweed was sent by like my what is it my ancestral enemies sent to me by oh okay? really so that's your that's what you're saying all, but right now, I, I'm talking right shit. Now, yeah, yeah, I'm talking shit because I feel perfectly fine. We don't have any symptoms. The only reason we're I feel jo- like shit though. The only reason we're joking about COVID for all y'all who are wondering, um, we did go to Oklahoma. Yes, we did. Yeah. yeah. Mic uh, drop. Yeah, we bah, took bah, a two bah, week bah. hiatus, a little break from the podcast. You know, it was Mother's Day, um, a couple of weeks ago, right? And then last weekend we were in Oklahoma, and we were like, instead of being overburdened, overwhelmed. All that other bullshit. We said, you know, let's just take it easy and let's 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 call it, you know, let's, let's call it a little mini vacation. If that's it what was we not a vacation. Do you want to tell the people why we were in Oklahoma? Oh, so we went to Oklahoma because my best friend Greg Pomerico was getting married. <laughs> my first husband got married, but it's kind of fucked up that this nigga got married before us. You know, and like we and we've had the longest going relationship out of all of our friend group. Yeah. So now it's getting to a point which is where, kind of impressive, but also kind of like god dang. But it's getting annoying because not everybody's expecting us to kind of already hurry up and tie the knot and come up with some babies. Yeah, okay. Maybe this should be a slight public service announcement to all our friends and family. We are not trying to rush anything. Thank you very much. Nope. Nope, I'm also, trying. we are not interested in having a wedding, so please do not hold off waiting for that invitation. But I'm you, not ready. For, I don't want that shit. But we are free to donations and gifts at any point in time. If you need that, I can give you my cash app. I can give you our PayPal, our website, <laughs> PudgyProductions.com. Let me give y'all a quick plug at the bottom so y'all yes. have that. Y'all can get to that. <laughs> if you do want to possibly give out some sort of wedding gift and, you know, bringing our unity together. You motherfuckers know where to put that money. You know where to send that money. Don't act like we got a Patreon too. There's some new merchandise. Listen, just because we're not having a wedding doesn't mean we don't expect gifts. Okay? Just letting you bitches know. You saw that ice squid, (laughs) y'all? You saw that ice squid? He meant that shit. I mean, a little bit. He meant that shit. He said, excuse me, there's no wedding. But you know what? Sometimes I feel like part of why people give gifts in the first place is because it's like, oh, thank you for inviting me to this party. Like, people aren't just going to give you gifts to give you gifts half the time, I feel like. But even then, I also feel like the people that are always in your life, they continuously give you gifts. So it's like, it's not even for you to expect it on your own. I don't have those people in my life. Well, not even, but I'm not talking about monetary. Oh, okay. I was about to say. uh... Talking about support, advice. 
those type of things that's unconditional stuff that you necessarily can't put a price to you right and those people in your life sometimes like those gifts i can wait for like unfortunately i'm that broke nigga in my friend group okay we we work hard for this you know i don't <laughs> beg i don't ask for handouts we do what we got to do my friends they're engineers they got help from their parents their parents set them up and paid for their college Listen, I had to suck dick halfway through college just to wow. make it through college. Just so y'all know. So listen, it's not personal. If I didn't bring you a gift, I brought myself. I drove 1,600 miles to Oklahoma by myself. 1,600 miles. Well, I was yeah, in the car. In one way. But he did all the driving. Yeah, she was there for moral support, quote unquote. Yeah. Fuck out of here. Yep, that's exactly. You, yeah. It, it, listen. I'm not gonna lie to you. It was a really good experience. I, I I I have a different appreciation for truck drivers to an yeah. extent driving out there because yeah. when it gets to a point when you're not driving in cities or any of the major cities, all you see is truck drivers. You don't see anyone else on the road. It's like everything. Yo, did you is... know that truck drivers can use both like the speed up lane and the slow down lane when you get past a certain point? Yeah, them niggas. I didn't know that. Yeah, and then I was like, "We gonna die." Yeah, it was. You get used to it, but you don't get used to it. You don't get used to it when there's a whole bunch of fucking tractor trailers, thirty six wheel fucking whatever the fuck trucks all lined up in every lane, and you're stuck in their shitty traffic because they're all assholes. Or again, they're such big ass cars. It feels like there's so much more traffic than it really is. Because the spacing that they give each other so they could swap slide between lanes and all that shit. And then everybody else is just like a little Mario Kart joke car trying to like weave in and out, make sure they don't die. But I yeah, I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I don't know what your levels of COVID is. Your, excuse me, your levels your comfortability levels. Oklahoma was different. Yes, it was definitely it was, very well, different. Well, it was different than Massachusetts. To Oklahoma, everything's perspective, right? Because like to Oklahoma. We were the fucking weirdos. Yeah. Like, to put it politely. Yeah. And that's and why. And the reason I say that, because we were wearing masks. Yes, that. And that was the reason also we decided to drive. Like, we could have took a plane. We could have did all that other shit. Most of our other friends in the wedding party did take planes. A I think few we of them were the were... only ones who drove. Yeah, a few of them were vaccinated. So that's another reason why they took a plane. Everybody I know who caught COVID is either dirty or they caught it on a plane. And I'm talking shit. But that was the reason why I decided to drive mm-hmm. instead. And then while, when we... And, and wait, time out. We time caught a, out. Yeah, I'm about to say, we was the only niggas in the 4,000 miles I drew, drove Drew who, who wore a mask. Nobody else wore a mask. Nobody cared. They looked at us like after, we was crazy. Oh, after. Sorry, sorry about that. What happened? I punched the mic. Oh! Okay. Punching. Oh. Um, yeah, after like... After you leave New England, once you get close to Ohio... Once we left New York. Like, once we left New York State officially, it was like... That's when it was like 50-50 if you go and see a mask or not. And then after a while, once once you leave Ohio going to Missouri, like the mid-country, dead. Only if you're working literally inside of the space, and even then, maybe not mask required. No. Nah. And, and there's no required mask signs either, like up north and other places. You literally can't enter. It's a whole different world. And yeah. PSA, just so you niggas know, um, 
we may be ranting a lot because that's what we do. We talk shit. It's not personal. Oh, but this is all love. It's all love. And this is an experience because, like, I'm not going to lie to you, niggas. Um, Smokey never been down south, you know, and I was trying to give her the real southern hospitality experience. Oh, I got some hospitality. It was different. It was very, I ain't going to lie to you. I met my first meth head. I met, my, like, like, I knew what meth heads looked like. I seen them from afar, and I never had to interact with one. I met a meth head in college. You knew a meth head? Was it one of your Not roommates? Not new. No. No? Not sure? new, but, like, same thing. Had an interaction with and, like, oh, that's meth? Like, yeah. you, you could. You could oh, tell. like, it was, got it. Got it. But it wasn't something that was like, hi, nice to meet you. I do meth. Would you like some? It wasn't like that neither, but I'm not going to, like, Again, we're in Missouri, and we got a flat tire. That's our first kind of story. I, I got a rental car. I spent good money on this motherfucking rental car. Word, fuck budget. Yeah. Anything that got the name budget, we're not, and we're not manifesting broke shit anymore. Mm-mm. How about that? Okay? So if you got the, the half off, budget, uh, price right, whatever the fuck, if it... I'm not even going to the clearance section no more. That shit better say on sale. No clearance. I don't want nothing bullshit half-offs. But long story short. I don't want faulty shit no more. We got our rental car from Budget. It was a nice 2020 car that, of course, was past maintenance. And the shit, we got a flat tire in the middle of bumfuck nowhere, Missouri. The middle of nowhere, Missouri. I'm talking about it was so scary that literally we got to a town and we got to a gas station. We were stranded at this gas station for 45 minutes, right? And we were, we were black, not great. Okay. Yeah. That Arab and black number one. And we were like the, the source of entertainment. So cars kept pulling in and they all kept saying hi to each other, but nobody helped us. So we're nobody left either. So it's like, you ever see those sitcoms where everybody meet at the one pub in town or like everybody meet at that one place. Well, apparently everybody meet at this one motherfucking gas station. And we got stranded at, and they didn't leave. They just watched us from inside. So one motherfucker, he goes, hey, y'all, look like you got a flat tire. Duh, nigga. I got motherfucking, what? Well, we had New Jersey plates. I got a 2020 Civic in the middle of bumfuck Missouri. (laughs) Yes, I got a flat tire. Can you help me? I don't think I got the tools to help you. So I got sorry. a big truck. So That's every, a little car. And he's so everybody talking to each other, saying hi, doing all that shit. And we're like, oh, my God. And then the one meth head who sees us, the, the angel of the day. And if you're wondering why we didn't just go inside and ask for help. I paid we for thought ro- about it. We no, thought no, no, about no, 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 no. No, I called roadside assistance and they was going to come and help me. And then they, but they didn't come and help. They saw the coordinates of where we was, and they said, "You got to come to us." I never called for help, and the nigga said, "No, no, no, no. We can't help Yo. you. You have to come here." That was the craziest shit I've ever heard. I was like, "Do you not hear the fa- the flat tire was the first thing we said?" And then they didn't give me the tools to remove the flat. So that was how we started our like the second day on our road trip. Oh yeah, the lug wrench. Yeah, I think it's called whatever the fuck. Yeah, so I that's think it's like a how... lug nut that holds the car, the the wheel in place, and then the lug wrench is what gets it on and off. I don't go fuck, but it was it was annoying. So that was the way we started our experience into the Midwest of the country. Again, the meth head came out. The only reason we knew he was a meth head was because he was our age. He had no teeth, and his shit was gray. I've never seen a nigga with gray gums. I mean, I did I mean, in the meth magazine. That was it. That's when I saw it. A magazine. 
well i i got certifications on like meth removal labs and all that stuff so how to look for it they so got I know magazines the signs. for that shit. not the magazine but like the informational plant you know when you go for like a, so it was a scientific magazine that no, happened to like the infographic when you go somewhere you know like when you take one of those those certifications oh, that's yeah it's one of those they show you how they look before and after the meth I mean, do y'all want me to Google it? Nah, I'll Google like, it. Nah, fuck that. I'm We're a, looking I'm at a, it. All right, well. I'll show y'all. Before and after meth users. Meth users. Hold on. This is so going to be... Talking. A, I was about to say, this is going to be a very important, uh, I guess, mental health moment. Damn! Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You, you thought I was talking shit, huh? Uh, You are talking shit. I'm talking shit, but I'm going to show and y'all. And you know what? If you do meth and you listen to this right now... I'm praying for your recovery. I really am. It's so, not a good look. To be completely honest, this is what happens. When you do with the meth, um, there are certain characteristics and certain things that are noticeable on a person. You get these nasty, and these aren't even like bumps. This is when they get high, their skin gets so irritable that they start picking at their own skin. Yes, I and know. And they start doing weird shit. Some of them are bumps. Like, look yeah. at her. I was She's about turned to say, into yes. a zombie from Resident Evil, bro. Yo, facts, though. But also, I would say, so meth is really fucked up because one of the main ingredients is battery acid, if I'm honest, or basically the same components as battery acid. Yeah. So that's why your teeth and your skin and your gums end up eroding, and they erode immediately. Like, it's it's a quick progression. It's not... Uh, yeah. He had these. He had these. This is disgusting. I'm sorry. And this is why, like, as much as people want to, it, it does. And you know what? This guy was literally our savior. So as much shit as we talking. Listen, those teeth saved me. So I can't talk shit. I would have still been stranded in Missouri. So as much as I want to be a mean, like, you know, I'm talking shit right now and I'm laughing and whatever. Ha ha ha. The case. But it's one of those. That was the reason I knew that this person was that type of user was because the traits were extremely obvious. However, um, completely coherent. It could have been that he had always he bounced the, back. Like it, he was the nicest person we met in our entire trip, besides any of the fa- family or the wedding party people. Yeah, that's the craziest thing about it. So as much as we're saying he was a meth user, all these other things we noticed, all this shit, he was the kindest and sweetest soul. He went out of his way to help us, and he did not have to. So it's things like that where it's like, yeah, I'm joking, I'm saying all that shit. But I appreciate what he did in helping us and him laughing at us wearing our mask while we were outside doing all that shit. That shit was so, fucking hilarious. He listen. literally, like, and, and you know what? I thought about it. I thought about it as we had that flat, and I was like, okay, what's the silver lining, right? Because there's always some bullshit's going to happen. Yeah. But you can always find either the, the fuckery in it, which is really easy to find, or you can take a second and be like, what did I get out of that, right? And I thought about it, and I was like, what I... What I personally got out of that interaction was one thing it's important to note, almost a lot of the times people with mental health issues are the kindest, sweetest, nicest people that have a really hard time expressing themselves. And these quote unquote illnesses show themselves in, in fucked other, ways, yes, ma'am. right? Or yeah. they don't know how to cope. And so they, they numb, right? But most of the time, the kindest people are the ones that have kind of a fucked up backstory or something that happened. So that's always a good takeaway to have in the back of your head. That but the true. other one was like, okay, we got stranded in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. Everybody in this town is at this gas station. Everybody knows. Like, the, our flat was probably the talk of the town for, like, easily a week and a half, two weeks. Because we were, like, la- joking, laughing, crazy. Like, we made everybody laugh around us. 
And shout out Puffy. On our way home, he made sure to stop at that exact same gas station to see oh, yeah. how our boy was doing. Yeah. He wasn't there, mm-hmm. but we did stop because, you know, Phil yeah. was raised properly. He does have manners, and he did want to give some sort of love and shout out. But, yo, yeah. like, if my whole town, my point, before I, before I forget my original point, if my whole town is 30 fucking people. Yes. I don't care about a mask. Yo, my whole fucking, my quote unquote safe circle is like 20 fucking people already by accident just because like I see so many people in my day-to-day interactions. I don't know how it's not going to be that big. Yeah. Like. I understand where you're coming from. You get what I'm saying? But then these people, that's their whole life. But that's, that's what was really cool about this road trip. Including the Persian cats. This road trip really opened up our eyes and made us realize like just how big our country is. Like, like we yeah. know it. We see it on maps. We hear about it. People try. You know, you got to fly to certain parts of the country. Like, we can cut, like. Son, Puerto we, Rico and, and Hawaii and, and Alaska, Alaska, you can't even drive to. You got to fly because, I, listen, that's so a whole other colonization conversation. But. It's one of those things where we can conceptualize just actually how big our country is. But it is different to experience it. Driving through the country, seeing these small towns, seeing these people. Seeing how their way of life, it's not it, it, not that it contradicts our way of life. It's, it's just, just different. It's totally different. Yeah. And then we, we our country is ran by what? A bipartisan <laughs> system. All we have are these two fucked up opposite ideals who represent all of us. All of us. But all of us have different experiences. You know what's crazy? We were in Oklahoma, Tulsa, <laughs> Oklahoma. And someone asked us, and our cities, are our cities continuous all across the East Coast? Or is there some grass <laughs> to break it up and whatnot? And we like we looked at him and like at first we I didn't understand the question. Like we had to it be, was a genuine and let me say this. And he was drunk, so you know it was a genuine <laughs> question. It wasn't like someone was trying to hold back and do all these things. He was sincere in his question and his curiosity. And all, like all of us, we didn't like we didn't know it stumbled us, but it made us really realize that like we are totally misrepresented it as a whole. Yeah, like, everyone is. That's that's problematic. That is extremely problematic, especially when we look at politics. We look at everything that's been happening with our presidents, the the most recent race riots, when the the Trump war shit, the ongoing issues with police brutality, how people in their communities feel like they they're underrepresented by the people who are supposed to protect them. So you think about all this shit, and you really sit there and you realize, like, bro, like we are all living complete different lives. Like, and a country kid, a city kid, a suburban kid, like all these different people are going to have different mentalities, period, because they're just, they're experiencing life different. Yeah. And we expect all these people to just wrap up, just, just forget about all that, forget about all that and agree, agree on certain things because that's the way you have to do it. And it's just, it's, it's just fucking crazy. It's really crazy. I'm sorry. I agree. No, don't be sorry. No, I'm just I'm listening to what you have to say. And and it's 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 fucked. It's kind of crazy. But at the same time, it's kind of wonderful. It just makes you like like zoom out for a second and look at where all the major cities are in the US and you realize like damn son. Like mm-hmm. it how do I phrase this properly? There's 
I understand very clearly after this trip how racial tensions divide misunderstanding can can break out so just so easily right like we almost got jumped from wearing masks that has nothing to do with our opinions our race it's just the fact of the matter that their cultural norm is you mask normie motherfuckers y'all 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 not with us we don't fuck with y'all we don't like y'all y'all don't believe in what we believe in so we got to get rid of y'all like it's just weird and even that just experiencing that so can you imagine but if- i think that it's like so it's not even necessarily the fact that it that we were different for wearing masks. And I'm I'm listen, I'm gonna keep it a buck. I didn't even have my mask on the whole time. But that's why we quarantining and getting tested. That's why she got COVID. Fuck you. Uh this is allergies, man. Uh I have, I'm have yo, after this airs, I'm gonna have to fucking like post my results whenever mm-hmm. I get them all in. So all y'all know I'm not bullshit. Yeah, no, we good, we fine. Look, <laughs> I had my mask on though. I don't know about you. Black people don't get COVID. I told y'all that multiple times. I said that we said that in the beginning. My niggas, we was like, yo, if you got that vitamin D, you set. And I told y'all, look, the sun is coming back, it's getting warm. We are thriving. Okay, y'all. The world is opening back up like sunflowers, bitch. And I'm getting ready to catch, collect my rays. I'm just letting y'all know. All right. I'm sorry. I thought you were about to say catch your vid. I was about to be like, what? I ain't, I ain't catching no vid, bitch. You caught the vid. I, I did not. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you didn't. I caught ragweed up my nose. Yeah. Or oak or birch. I don't know. Some tree fucked me. Yeah. I chopped down my first tree, yo. Yeah, maybe that's the tree that fucked me. I, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, don't, don't blame it on the trees. Don't blame it on the alcohol. That's not fair. Talking about but yeah, it puppy did. Wait a second. We're, cha- we're changing course of topic. No, not yet. You keep on. You were talking about the polarization and everything. Yeah, I'm... yeah, yeah. Before we talk about the fact that you chopped down your first tree. Um, But yeah, the polarization in the country, it makes sense. And I, not agreeing with it, but I can understand. At the, at the very least, I can wrap my head around how that happened. Right? Because then, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the podcast, and this is going to come up towards the end in the conversation as well but the fact that like so many like so much of the midwest is farmlands it's nothing it's like like there's really not much like when you're in a concentrated area and like a lot of city life is literally on the coasts and isolated parts of the coast at that so really it's like Okay, you have a whole bunch of people living in a city or in, like, I'll just say the New England area. In New York City, Connecticut, uh, Massachusetts, these type places, right? Like, the major cities in that area. There's a big concentration of people. And then you go somewhere like Oklahoma or Missouri, for example. And, again, not that big of a population, not that much diversity. You're not getting very many difference of opinion and conversation from people you know. You get what I'm saying? I think that that's also very different and eye-opening. Like, as a kid, I remember having multiple conversations with multiple people. Multiple groups of friends. And could you imagine if only it was 30 niggas in the whole town, 100 people? Dude, can you imagine town? only your parents' way of thinking is the only way of thinking that actually shaped you? Yeah. Imagine that. For a lot of people, that's what they're living with. And for a lot of people, that also means that their mentality hasn't changed from the early 1900s. Yeah. So it's not super surprising. I'm also not putting people in a bubble. We stayed in Tulsa, and Tulsa is a thriving city. Like, this is still, we were in city life. I mean, after but, they blew it up, but yeah. Yeah, which we will talk about again. But 
it's just really it's really surprising and i and i and eye opening but also it's like it, it, yeah yeah I, I, the problem i think with us and i think you're going you're touching upon it is during that long ass drive that we were on we we it really it gave us the time to look back and realize just how shitty we distribute our land and our resources yeah as a whole because half the time yes because half the time we were driving it was farmland pasture land or just fucking empty fields nothing growing it was nothing there and it, it it really just makes you realize just again and now we're gonna go on to our segment where we're gonna curse out or we're gonna just talk about the misuse of our space as a whole because what ended up happening was for about 600 straight miles at one point all we saw again was cows corn and fields and it really just solidified something in our in our heads and it made us realize that like it's kind of it's best for our species as a whole we keep talking about climate change and reducing our carbon footprint and things of that nature but when you're driving in the middle of nowhere and you got endless fields dedicated to meat consumption or the feed and the grain that goes towards that meat and that food, it really makes you think like, do we need to consume that much food, like that much meat? Like I understand we have to help feed the population, the global population, but the United States we have oh, what just over a half a billion. I'm not necessarily sure. I didn't look up the numbers. I don't know the census. I actually I didn't send in my my census shit. So don't tell nobody about that. But it just makes you realize that we could be self sufficient. We could grow our own food. We could do all this stuff right if we use our if we reallocated our resources correctly. And now. So I'm talking shit, I'm saying all that, and you're like, what do you mean? Real reallocate your resources. What are you talking about? What'd yada you talk yada about yada. Right? When we're kids and we grow up, traditionally, this is the map we are we, we've seen of the United States. They try and show us, you if know, if not the, the more blocky version. Yeah, exactly. Or the and for everybody listening, this is like just a general terrain map. Yes. And this basically, and not even a terrain map, but this right here, they're kind of showing you. What is the land coverage of the United States? So why is it green? Why is it brown? And then you can see here a lot of our nation, the new the England, the New England, all the way down to Florida, is dedicated to deciduous forests, evergreen, kind of preservation shit like that. Then you get to the Midwest where there is basically mountains, deserts, all that bullshit. There is no water. We've heard about that now mm -hmm. because of all the bullshit. You realize, like, it's really nothing there. There's nothing there yeah. to an extent, right? So you're just looking at this map. Then you got California, which is like, okay, Northern California, Oregon, Washington is gorgeous and green. Northern California, Southern California, y'all niggas need help. Y'all need water. So we realize that. So this is just, our, again, the traditional map of what they want us to see and to understand what the United States is, right? Yeah. But... In reality, according to the USGS, which is the United States Geological Survey Institute, these guys, every five years, they work with private institutions, uh, federal companies, and they basically gather all the data to keep up to date with how our land is actually being used and what is it going to be used for. 
So now when That's you, dope. Smokey, were talking about how um, the, the distribution of people within the United States, these pink dots, right? Oh, well, excuse me. Let me explain what you're looking at. The little squares, the individual little squares that you guys see, the little spick pixels represent a quarter of a million acres. And four of those basically squares next to each other is a million acres. The United States as a whole, what is the number? Has about 1.9 billion acres of land in total. Just so you guys understand. That's a lot of motherfucking land. That's why you got a lot of dots. These purple pinkish dots that you guys see are the land that's developed and dedicated, quote unquote, urban developed land. And a lot of you guys, listeners, if you guys, and that's the part, that's the part that sucks as well. I got to kind of give you guys a visualization as well for the people who aren't watching the live stream. This map does not have a lot of pink dots. But be honest with you, Gucci man got more pink dots on his Sunday outfit going to church right now. I'm not going to lie to you. It's not that many pink dots. It looked like somebody went to a brunch and there was a little bit of splash of wine on their outfit and they were able to hide the shit. That's what it really looks like. But you can tell the, a lot of the concentration of people, again, just from this map alone or the developed maps, are in the New England section. You got across the Great Lakes, down here in Florida. Texas is starting to get developed. California, of course, has a big diver, um, density of people. And then Oregon, Washington has some people as well. But other than that, when you're looking at the rest of this map that is being presented, most of the pixel colors that are being shown are yellow and brown, which represent pasture or rangelands or quote-unquote croplands. So, again, when you're looking at just what our country is as a whole, most of our country is dedicated to growing food. Now, I'm going to scroll down a little bit more. So now, when you're looking at this map, these guys really break it down, and they break it into sections, and they show you, in comparison, into the different sections, how much of our land is being used for what purposes. A lot of our land, again, is dedicated to pasture range and cropland. Actually, over 40%, I'm pretty sure, I think it's like they said accurately, it's like 41%, 41 to 48% of the land in the United States is used specifically just for livestock feed. So that's just fucking crazy. We're not talking about, like, how do I say this? It's not like these animals have the best of lives. Some of them in the Midwest recently, we've seen people transition over to more sustainable farming where they actually allow their cattle and their feed to go out and live and graze and do all that other shit. But the way we've known it and the way we've seen it and they've exposed a lot of the, the factory farms and the meeting industries are our animals are being grown in these fucked up living conditions where they have all this land that they could live and roam freely and have a wonderful life. So it's just crazy when, again, on our trip, we're driving thousands of miles and we're going through towns that have populations of people that are less than the number of cows that are running around the fields. And it's just, it's just, it's just, it's, it's just crazy to see 
how much of our land is dedicated to just fucking to food, quote unquote food. And then we have so many poor people. We have so much, again, we're not necessarily going to talk about the distribution of wealth because that's a whole nother conversation in its own. But just talking about the fact that there are people that are poor, that are hungry, that are looking for work, that are looking for all these things. But we have so much space in the middle of nowhere that could actually help make sure that not one person can go hungry on this fucking in this country, not alone in the planet, if if done right. But then goes the conversation of what is arable land and non-arable land. And that's a whole nother thing as well. So we're going to go back to this map. So now you just see the numbers as a whole. Miscellaneous and special use, that can vary. That's like federal land. Actually, I'm going to go down. That can go down to federal land, special use projects, roads and highways, reservoirs, things of that nature. So again, even when you think about how much development is being done in our country as a whole, how many people we have, how big and quote unquote packed our cities really are, like I just showed you, how packed our cities are, we have so much space for people to spread out. And then again, this is just a population of, this is just showing you without anything else. These are our big major cities. So now our urban areas only take up about 3.6% of the total size of the whole United States. So remember that 1.9 billion acres? Yeah, 3.6% is quote unquote deemed urban developed. So those are the towns and all that shit that we can see. Everyone goes to vacation that we know. And then Bloomberg proved and they showed and it's just this graphic alone that you could easily shove all of the developed cities, everything that we have in the United States in the New England, and you would still have all this goddamn room for people. I can't believe that shit. That's ridiculous. So again, I was talking about the the national the national parks, reserved mm-hmm. areas, all that. That's where you can see this right now. I'm gonna get past all this. This is the agricultural land that you guys that that we can see. It takes up about a fifth of the country. And that's exactly what we drove through, basically. And that's what I'm saying. And then we drove through that Midwest region where you can see all this food, all that. So it makes sense now visually seeing this and seeing the numbers and all that. It's just crazy. Like, and then they even break it down more. So out of all that land, the, the, so there's three point, excuse me, 392 million acres of total croplands that we have in the United States. And only seven, 77 million of those acres is food that we eat. The rest of that shit is for livestock feed, to, for other grains and stuff that we export to other animals for other people so we can get other shit. <laughs> wheat, ex- wheat products, again, so we can make stuff out of that. Also, we can give to cows and pigs because it's cheap shit that we can give to them. And then a big portion of it, about 52 million acres, is idle or or fallow land, which is basically land that isn't doesn't have soil, that isn't arable, that isn't able for us to grow crops on, or is being used in like crop rotation, so they're allowing mm. it to replenish, so that they can grow some shit on it eventually. That's wild, dude. And 
I'm going to scroll through all of this, but this is the real eye-opener thing that we realized on our whole trip, where we... That the whole country is basically dedicated to cows. I can't even say it's dedicated to cows, but a lot of our crop growth and consumption and our CO2 that's contributing to climate change, our CO2 emissions come from this this specific field. Mm. And that's the part that sucks as an environmentalist. Like I love living in the New England and having the four seasons and seeing all the trees and seeing the diversity. And it just it was just crazy. And it was an eye opener to drive through thousands of miles of just fucking brown nothingness. <laughs> and it was cute to see the little moomoos out there. I love yeah. seeing the moomoos and the alpacas and shit like that. That was really nice. And the red wing black how many alpacas we have. Yeah, I, I didn't know we'd had that many alpaca farms out there. <laughs> but it's just one of those where when you look at this map and you realize, like, okay, even if all the people only lived in the New England section of the United States, we still we have a lot of land dedicated to fucking golf courses. Random, dude. There's a quarter million acres that's dedicated to Christmas trees, unfortunately, because we can't get enough of the fucking pine trees that are around us. We got to chop them down and bring us into the house. But, like, only for a season. But, literally, a quarter of our land is... Well, I can say a quarter, but a a, a, a big section of our land is privately owned shit, federally state timberlands and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. and corporate timber places. So, basically, it's private or federal people who own majority of the land that we see on our maps. Yeah. Besides that, everyone else, we're fighting for property in those little specks of the developed urban area. And it's just crazy that, again, where, like, right now, everyone's focused on climate change. We're listening to Greta Thunberg, Putin's little daughter. Everything's she really been ha- look like Putin's daughter. Um, everybody's kind of going towards zero emissions and going that way, trying to just be more environmentally friendly and thinking about how, how we can live on this planet sustainably. And to just realize that again, the easiest thing that we could do is just reduce our meat consumption. I think I could do that. I might do that. So that was an eye opener. Yeah. That was, that was really cool. And then we didn't mean to go on that rant, but it's just like to, to, to really go through, it's different. It's really different seeing the data, seeing the numbers, seeing the areas driving through that shit. And like we're saying, we're like, it's crazy that we went through towns that, if this thousand people, this five hundred people, if they didn't dedicate their lives to the cattle, to the land, to their watershed, we wouldn't have half the shit we have. Like literally, just them alone, they're they're critical to the infrastructure. Their existence, their like, existence is necessary and and that, appreciated. Yes, and that was one thing that was like very humbling for us. So that was dope. That was really really dope. Which maybe we sound like extreme city kids, but. No, we don't sound like extreme city kids, but it's one of those things where the last time I traveled was when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And again, in order to broaden your horizon, in order to be more cultured and all these other things, you have to travel. And not necessarily just go to a resort and a retreat. You got to be with these people. You have to immerse yourselves in the culture, in the society, really get to know these people. Again, that's why we was running around with no mask and going to hillbilly hodo parties and learning how to do the skip to the loop dance, the square dance and all that shit. Because, like, what else do you do when in Rome? You do what the Romans do. You have to. You and have to. so 
Now we talk about our exp- oh fuck that. Fuck that. Time out, time out. You didn't tell them about the crackheads. What about our roommates? Oh my goodness. So smoke, yeah, you gotta tell them about our crackhead roommates. So now we tell you about our road trip, our experience <laughs> with the cows. We love it. It was humbling. Fuck three star hotels. I'm not gonna lie to y'all, y'all. Fuck the Ramada specifically. I'm just done. I'm done. There's no place like home, and that's why we named this podcast this. Because I'm glad to be home. I'm glad to be in my comfort zone. I'm glad to be able to talk my bullshit. Because I literally heard a pimp get stabbed up by his hoe. He deserved it. He definitely did. We will. We will. Fill well, you, you can in. tell a story. You yeah. Can tell a story. Sorry, I had to dip out for a second because. Uh, so tell us. Yeah. My throat is fucking dry as the Sahara right now. Such a hater. <laughs> so, basically, the the night before the wedding. So I think this is Saturday morning. I guess it's like four o'clock in the morning, right? Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yes, ma'am. You are mm-hmm. correct. I didn't know they give it up like that down there. This shit was on some hustle and flow shit. <laughs> Yo, this was. I didn't know it was if it like was. That. If I'm hearing the story, it would have been the funniest fucking story. But to live it, <coughs> y'all wasn't ready. So this. Uh, We'll call him Pimp. We'll just call him Pimp A. Uh, no, he's the only Pimp. There's no Pimp A and B. He's the Pimp. Okay, so the Pimp. Yes, that's his name. Was in room 205 at the Ramada. And we in 206. And we was at 206. So he's so, our, we got a Pimp as our next door neighbor. Pimp named Slipback. This shit was on a whole other level. So like all night, we kept hearing like thuds and arguments. But it was like unclear. So we're like, All right, fuck it. We're fucked up. Like, you know, it's we're just going to go to sleep. Like, it is what it is. You know, wild night, I guess, is how they give it up in Oklahoma. Like, fuck we know. Um, maybe they from out of town, too, right? It's a hotel. So then it, get, it progressively gets worse. The, th- the, like, fighting, the argument, thumping gets worse. And then Puffy and I are both up at this point, right? So we're looking at each other. We're both up. And I'm from, the, I'm from New York City. Y'all all know that. So, like, I'm used to, like, you know, Spanish music in the background, arguments, <laughs> gunshots. Like, I'm used to hearing shit. But this was too close to home. Like, it was real too close to home. So, like, 4 o'clock in the morning rolls around, and all you hear is, Ah! Bitch! Bitch! Ah! You cut me! Bitch, you cut me! And so Phil and I were like, Oh nah. <laughs> okay. And, and the thing is, it's like we're like, wait, time out. Nobody gonna call the like the reception downstairs. Because at this point, you could tell bodies have been thrown. Like it it was literally all you hear is ah doosh, 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 psh, bong. Ah. And like you don't know who's hitting who at this point. Yeah. But then when I heard the pimp yell out, and, oh, we knew it was a pimp in the whole situation because someone owed money. It's uh we heard a few things. Yeah. So then all you hear is, ah, bitch, you stabbed me. And then she apparently runs and locks herself in the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> so we're able to figure this much out. Mm-hmm. Now I'm looking at Phil. This idiot going to go over to the door. I'm trying to see faces. I'm trying to, ident- if there's somebody, if somebody's about to die in the next <laughs> room, I need to know who did it. I'm not going to go save nobody because obviously there are weapons involved. I came for a wedding. I didn't come prepared to defend myself. All I, I ain't nothing in this damn dr- in this room to help me. So I'm not I'm not gonna intervene. I called the front desk once, and the person was like, "We'll do something about it." And that's why I went to the door and I was trying to wait and see if um niggas did something about it. But you know they was pussy. So what they did about it was call the fucking police. 
Oh. So now we hear. But right before, right before we hear the fucking sirens go off, we hear this motherfucker, and Phil didn't hear him right, but because he was like on his way back getting in bed, but I heard him clear as day. This motherfucker goes, ah, bitch, that's it. I'm gonna go get my Getty. I had to Google what a Getty is, just so you're aware. There's no Google definition for a Getty that makes sense in this pimp hoe situation. So I've been reduced to conclude that a Getty is this ghetto ass motherfucker's name for his Glock. He nicknamed his own gun. I'm pretty sure. Maybe he's from Gettysburg. I don't, Fuck, I know. No, I don't no, know. No, no. That definitely was a gun. But if I get stabbed, regardless if I'm a pimp, it doesn't matter who I am. If I get stabbed, I don't think I'm going to go get a knife if I have a gun. And I think it's more likely that motherfuckers are going to grab their gun after they got shot and probably that they're going to name it. I don't know, but that shit was hilarious. So I was like, you definitely got to get away from that fucking door because if he come in, we got to duck. Go in the bathroom, hide, get behind some sort of concrete. So that was our first. But anyways, ex- that was Oklahoma. They got, they got kicked out. Long story short, they got kicked out. We were not refunded for that evening because apparently there was too much damage done to the hotel that uh, because of that couple in room 205. So all y'all out there, if y'all are traveling and y'all are looking for a cheap, decent hotel and you see a two star. Do not use the Ramada. Star, don't go to Ramada. Don't do it. Specifically in Tulsa. No, and the thing is, we can't even say that. We think what's been happening, a lot of people, we've seen it on the news. What's been happening is because the hospitality industry has been hit the hardest um, because of COVID, there's been a lot of government subsidies for these places and these small towns and these hotel chains to house homeless people or to house people who have been affected by COVID. So we, unfortunately was in the Ramada that was part of those motherfucking PVP loans or whatever you want to call it. I think it's a PVP. What whatever the loans, is the, whatever the shit, whatever deals they made, and we got a crackhead neighbor. So all I'm saying is do not support the Ramada because if you do, you make sure you got your giddy because the nigga next door to you might be getting giddied and might need to get something. So you might need just some protection, just letting y'all know. So that was one wild night. And in case you're wondering, we did not start laughing until the following day. Yeah. Until it, we survived that incident. And then we went downstairs to talk to the fucking person and he's like, yeah, they tried to get aggressive with me too. So I can't give you no money back. Like, come on, bro. What, what I had do, to call the police on them again. Yeah, oh, what, what do my money got to do with that? I, I was up all night. I paid for vacation, hotel, pillows, comfort, two stars, nigga. I paid for this. I didn't, One pillow. I just didn't, us. I can't neighbors. Facts. We wanted to go night night, motherfucker. I didn't pay for an episode of the Boondocks, bro. Fuck out of here. And then in Ohio, sound like that. The same shit happened. Rhonda. And this was at a three star hotel. It was a better hotel. It was a nice hotel. It was a nice hotel. But um, obviously, Rhonda (laughs) was doing some scandalous things in Ohio. Man, this bitch Rhonda. This bitch Rhonda. And the only reason we know Rhonda's name is because of what. Uh, because this motherfucker was screaming it outside our door like he was Romeo and Juliet. Rhonda! Yeah. Let your hair down, girl. Rhonda! So Rhonda must have did something, and she scammed Homeboy and took his credit card. Well, no, it sounded like they got into a fight, and he left too quickly. He She kicked him out, and he didn't have his cards. Oh. 
Oh, see, I, I was listening the whole time. No. You was watching South Park. So, yeah. but I had already seen that South Park episode. I did not care. So this was more spicy. And he basically got, what it sounded like was he got locked out of his hotel room because of a fight. And he was like, you know, just give me my cards. I can't sleep nowhere. I can't go nowhere. I literally can't go anywhere because you have all of my shit. I can't go to work tomorrow, Rhonda. Yo, he was really pressed about work, and I kind of felt bad. I, I was like, bad. either you're literally the best bullshitter ever, or you really need this job. Okay. So that goes on for about five minutes. He's fighting and arguing. <laughs> They're going back and forth through the door. We're hearing the whole shit. And then it gets quiet. So me and then, and we get scared. So we like, yo, this nigga wants to go get the Getty. Oh my God, somebody else is gonna die. Yo, I was like, I can't handle this no more. Why Two is it Gettys? always us? What the fuck? I don't even know about the Getty in California. Where all these Gettys come from in the Midwest? Son. And then you just hear one final. And then, bitch, bitch, fuck, fuck this. And at this point, we're shaking. We're shaking, clutching each other so hard. Lord have mercy. That shit was so fucking funny. And immediately, Rhonda opened the door, by the way. Rhonda really cared about her car. She didn't care about his job nor his life, but she opened the fuck up. And we all had a decent night after that, apparently. So that was crazy. That honestly. So, um, Jesus. So we had some fun experiences. We had some different shit. And it's it was ridiculous. This shit was ridiculous. I hope we pop off enough one day that either of the people we encountered by accident hear this, and they're like, "Yo, I might have been that Rhonda in Ohio who almost got her tires popped." She's not calling us. I know she's not, but I just hope one she day she's not calling. She's gonna scam me too and try to pop my Prius tires, bitch. No, I already she know. She's the one who almost got her tires popped. No, nah, I'm good. I don't trust I don't her. think she in the business of popping. I'm good. So, yeah. Oklahoma was crazy. Oklahoma was great. That wasn't even Oklahoma. Well, the, I guess part of that was, yeah. The barbecue was amazing. Hospitality Everywhere. Was amazing. God, like, um, everybody know how to barbecue. I can't say cook everything, but they know how to barbecue. I so. didn't know square dancing and bachata was really close. So yo, that shit. I didn't know. I felt like I felt like they 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 took a salsa class and they took a bachata class and it was like you know what, too many steps. They were like, yeah, take that last one out, give it a little twang. We're gonna do two two one two two one two. That's easy. I could do that. Yeah. And then we was like the one. What we put on Aventura. Oh the yeah. The one song, and everyone's like, how you do it? How you do it? The same way as square dancing. Add an extra step so it's even on either side. It was funny. I that shit that that's the shit that fucked me up. It's the two two one of square dancing. It because it's an asymmetrical ass dance. I didn't like it. Yeah. Give me even step dances. I don't like that shit. Yeah. And it's kind of and this is the one thing like we didn't want to start the podcast. We wanted to joke and laugh and whatnot before we got to this. Yeah, we want to tell you our crackhead stories first. Yeah. Because we had a crackhead moment too. Because we stayed, we did not do crack. We didn't do crack. I mean, you might have did crack. You I got did COVID. not, um, bitch. <laughs> but fucking, we were in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in the heart of Tulsa, right? We were in club, the club, clubbing, partying, thotting, 
Potentially. Some of us had masks on, some of us didn't. Some of us was eating ass and with Indian reservations. It was crazy. Some of it was crazy shit. Uh, <laughs> we did drive through a lot of did, Indian reservations, but we yes. didn't eat no ass. I met Pocahontas. <laughs> I met two Pocahontas. I didn't even know they was existence. I, I thought I thought they was only in the Disney shows, and then I met a couple of you real so natives. I was so like, oh ignorant. shit. So I, I know they're real. I know they are real. But um, I am going to tell you guys the dumbest thing I did that I did not realize. Usually, sorry about that. We are very methodical. We, we, we plan things. We are very knowledgeable, even though we are assholes and we do stuff. Yeah. We did not realize that we were in Tulsa on the 100-year anniversary of the race riots that occurred and what destroyed what was renownedly known as Black Wall Street. So the name, people might know those independently, but Tulsa, Oklahoma uh, was home to a race riot that happened in about, I think it was what, 1919? No, was the 19... race riot 1921. 1921. Yes. And um, that happened in the Greenwood district of Tulsa specifically. And it was a hundred years uh this what are we may make next week next week it'll actually be the 100 year anniversary and for us like again we like to be very informed like especially everything that's happening in the middle east Mm -hmm. we know we have a lot of friends family that are impacted that are very vocal about this you know we again we just want to know what's happening to our neighbor brothers and sisters around the world and for us again to experience a culture shock to go to this place to see what it's like and then now like again it took us a couple of days to realize it but we realized like we were living a part of history like we were experiencing reliving yeah we were exactly we were experiencing what was now being the the rebuild of this place and what bothered us more than anything is again our friends had airbnbs we drove hundreds of miles around the city all around and we did not not once really see anything that like stood out to let us know and like that was the shit that bothered us like to us to realize like we were on like a a big burial ground on top of traveling through native american burial grounds these people who got forced out of their land oklahoma was established because they literally took away indian land that was supposedly their land got them away kicked them away so like Oklahoma already Oklahoma was really just like the golden oil rush. It's just crazy to think that like we were in the Greenwood district. We were again there. Like that's just fucking ridiculous. And just to give you guys some, also yes. I was about to say, what is Black Wall Street? Like I'm sure some of our listeners know, but I'm sure plenty don't. Like this is not something that's really taught in schools. So. It's no, it's not taught at all. And that's the shit. Like we learn about Christopher Columbus, learn about the Native Americans, we learn about the Jewish Holocaust, we learn about what happened to the Japanese, the Chinese. We heard about the enslavement. We heard about all the atrocities that happened in our country. The ones that we are willing to accept that we did. Eh, I don't even know if we're willing to accept no, it. No, no, it's no, the I, ones that that history wouldn't let us forget about. But that's what's fucked up. Where this one was so fucked up, so evil was so wrongly done that to this day, it's hidden. It's like a shadow thing. It's the black sheet of American history. 
Like this yeah. is something I didn't find out about until college. I did not know Same. about Black Wall Street at all. Same. It took a long time. So now Black Wall Street is it's originally in the Greenwood District of Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's basically um, Oklahoma again. <sighs> this is kind of crazy. Oklahoma, after doing like our own little bit of research and understanding like the root of cause of what happened of the whole incident of this race massacre, Oklahoma was established and was experiencing its peak of wealth during the time when Jim Crow laws and segregation laws were being introduced and pushed and mandated in Southern states. Well, I would say it was being pushed across the whole country. Yes. But it was mostly but it openly adapted. Yeah, it definitely picked up the most traction down south for the longest amount of time. And people from all over the country came to Oklahoma, like many other big cities, because they wanted to start better lives for themselves. A lot of the, again, like we were just saying, we touched upon, Oklahoma was established and like it was originally just a segregated state. Yeah. There was an Indian land part of it, and then there was an other part land of it. And basically, again, like the blacks and all these people had to live on one side and then the whites are supposed to live on the other side. So, again, like it already was established with racial tension from the fucking root in the beginning of it. Right. But people came there because what was happening was Oklahoma established and like found its wealth because they discovered oil. Like most fucking places in the United States. Right. The Rockefellers. Once there's oil, there comes the railroad, there comes trains, there comes big cities. It all happens real, real, real quick. We know what happens. Yep. So that's what happened in Oklahoma. And again, now we're talking about the segregated Jim Crow South. What happened is a lot of these people who live in these southern places who found Oklahoma home were a lot of people who were reestablishing themselves after the Civil War. So they're still destroyed. They don't have anything. There's still, again, just a lot of big segregate. There's a lot of just fucked up stuff that's happening. Civil so, War. You mean the World War? Um, excuse me. World War One. Yeah. Me. Yes. World that's what I'm talking about. I'm high. Um, so they're coming. Well, they're coming home. And now World all War. these people need jobs. That's yes. another big issue. But again, so it's one of those things. So again, now in Oklahoma, these people found a safe haven. They were able to get land and get jobs and do all these things what people the the black people from around the world the native american people that also lived coexisted on this land originally so that's what what made black wall street what it was was because the black community again yes they adapted to the segregation laws but they made their own entity a th 30 I think it was about 35 to 50 block entity of black owned places where they would support each other. They would they have had hospitals, restaurants, doctors, shops, bakeries, like, anything you could think of. They were self-sustained, self-sufficient because why? They couldn't go and interact with their counterparts. Right. So in a way, it's kind of a double-edged sword where uh, originally, you know, there were certain people in the country that were white and racist and they were like, nah, we don't want y'all to have the same shit we have right and so they came up with segregation but what they didn't realize was okay we're just gonna build our own shit within your shit yeah like you got what i'm saying like we don't have to fuck with y'all but i think that that's another reason why desegregation is something that certain people especially in communities in the south now i get it where it's like they view desegregation as something that wasn't necessarily a good thing because it then let 
anybody shop anywhere so there was less pull towards keeping money and the biggest thing was in the black community even though there was segregation these black people these indians these native americans were able to get jobs within these oil companies these railroad companies building up the infrastructure of oklahoma of the midwest and even if they weren't the boss they weren't the top dog making the most money that money trickles down and it falls well, into you the still want to go clubbing by the time so who owns the clubs the black people and so it, and again who, who do you go to shine your shoes the are again your black friends your, your black like, brothers your people you, what you I'm can't saying? go to like, anyone else and what happened which was really cool and it was really known and what made black wall street what it was was it was the one place in the country the one concentrated place in the country where the most black people owned their land and their yep. houses it wasn't like they just had money it was land ownership and that I was would say true wealth true i mean yes exactly and that's what kind of was the Monetary. boiling tipping point to all this stuff. So now you talked about it earlier, that 1919 date. And yes, the 1919 date's a little confused. No, you not just you got it wrong, but you talked about the um the the origin point. And the origin point of this was the Red Summer riots. And again, we all know Dallas. Which was Summer. like truly disgusting because this is the first time I've heard about it that i can honestly remember in my i've never heard of this shit ever and what and i can't believe we haven't heard of it because it's really fucking relevant to what's going on in the united states today today because history repeats itself mm -hmm. history is cyclic if you do not learn the lesson so to hear about the fact that again during 1919 what just happened two years ago a year ago with trump and all this shit that was happening st storming the capital and the race division and all this fuck that make america great i was it's the same year. shit that happened all over again so again we're not playing that hocus pocus bullshit. we're just realizing patterns humans are people with patterns and again history is cyclic we all know that so the red summer is when a period from autumn like winter to autumn of um 1919 where three dozen cities across the country were hit by race riots that were basically fueled by white supremacists and KKK. So these people were literally going around. Over, just, just to 36, over 36. Over 36 cities. And there were, there were dozens of people, dozens of casualties that happened. The worst one that was known that everyone knows about was what happened in Chicago. But it, again, Arkansas was another place. But again, it was in many small and big communities all over the United States that experienced this racial tension over 100 years ago. So we're thinking about this shit. So now how does it get to Tulsa? That, that's the big question. It travels all over the country. We all hear that the white supremacists are mad and upset. These black people are trying to get rights. They shouldn't vote. They got money. They're going to fuck your kids. They're going to fuck your wife. All this crazy, the reefer madness. So all the crazy propaganda and all the stuff that we know, this is when it happens. It's when black economic wealth and growth is kind of starting to bubble up in the United States. When the United States is becoming what it truly is, the, the, the number one capitalistic place in the fucking world. You know, then, like that's the biggest thing. But then we're also talking about the same time frame of people getting out of slavery. Yes. Like like in the South, they were the last ones to get out of slave uh, to like abolish that. Yeah. So, but then it, it's the same thing we talked about earlier where 
if you have nothing else to introduce you to a new way of thinking or life, it's unlikely that you are going to have those new introductions. So a lot of these people still have the mentality of, I'm better than you because of how I look and you can't tell me otherwise. Yeah. So then you have hundreds of thousands, or I don't know, hundreds, thousands of uh, these, I hate to say it, but at the time, racist white people migrating to Oklahoma and these counties because these of all the oil micro, wells. Just these small micro towns in the middle of nowhere where they all could live the same lifestyle. Like you're saying, like that's the biggest shit. They want to have a small knit community where we're all okay. I believe in Jesus. I believe in this. Or I'm a Mormon. I believe in that. That's not what and, I'm saying. Oh, my bad. What you saying? I mean, maybe that's what I'm saying. But basically what I'm saying is like further than that, I'm saying that the people that migrated to Oklahoma after Black Wall Street was being established already, because it was already be becoming established, you have the oil rigs and everything popping up. You have a bunch of new white people coming in. And at the time, the KKK was growing movement because of the Jim Crow laws and everything else. So I'm And I'm saying that the Jim Crow, KKK, the growth of all of that stems from the same fact of you slavery was just abolished. Half the black people that even fucking got any sort of rights, they had to join the army in the first place to get any sort of fucking thing. Then yeah. they come back from World War One. Yes, they try and establish this. And then all these other white people are like, why are you trying to be equal to me? Like they're already in their feelings in their heads, even if they're not saying it. Yeah, you know disagree. what I'm saying? Segregation is only yeah. a part of it. Mentality is another huge part of it. So these people are already coming into the situation mad and angry. And I think us going there and experiencing a small level of hostility just because We're we different. went out at night wearing masks in a club instead of like completely open immediately. Everybody who came in with a mask on within five to 10 minutes picked up the vibe, felt like they might have got their ass beat and took their masks off. I was watching everybody coming in and I was watching everybody kind of like move and the energy and the vibe like. I was not comfortable at a certain point because I was like, this this don't feel right. We went to another spot and then life was good. But it's still like to experience just a little tiny ounce of I don't like you because you you challenge what I feel is is enough to make me to make me kind of understand how my, how bad it might have been back then. So we give you guys what happened before the 1919, the red summer. We tell yeah. you all the bullshit. And now what sets it off and what hits Tulsa is this incident where you're talking about this shit. And where... it's, it's the same shit that always happens. Same thing with the Emmett Till situation. Same thing where Some a guy... white girl screams. <coughs> and we can't even say she screamed rape. She didn't seem anything. It screamed. Could've, she could have saw a rat. I mean, we don't know what could have happened. We don't know what happened. But long story short, there was a, a, a gentleman, forgot his name, who went into an elevator with the white lady who was working the elevator. That was her job. And what ended up happening was the way they exited the elevator was they heard um, an accusatory scream from her as if she was assa um, assaulted. And them both running out of the, 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 elevator. the elevator. And they automatically arrested him the next day. And there were headlines that went out. And that's the first thing that happens. Again, like we talked about politics in the beginning. We talked about these people with these ideals who try to represent us, who divide us. These guys went, they used their platform, what? To promote hate. 
and he basically they put a headline out there that w was the spark to the methane of bullshit that was already there and so caused it, it all this, to blow up. it was going to be something else. Something else. And basically, that was it. The The white rioters got mad and upset that the people from Tulsa, like, basically what ended up happening was more miscommunication. The people from Tulsa, the, they kind of armed themselves and heard that there was a white militia that was going to come and attack them. That wasn't necessarily the truth. Or they heard that they were going to hang the man that was arrested, and they didn't want the young man to get arrested because there was no evidence that he did anything. So they went in defense of that young man to the court to make sure that he was not wrongly hung. And there was an altercation between the white supremacists and these people, which ultimately led to the 48 hours, 48 hour massacre of probably, Black Wall Street. Probably over 300 people, but the count will never be, will never actually be known. It was over 1,200 houses, over 35 blocks of homes and businesses burned, homes and businesses burned and destroyed so imagine your entire in, in 48 town hours incinerated and the thing is and that's why there was always the big conspiracy within the black community at least by the people that survived or the people the historians that talk about this that there was no way in hell that a black mob excuse me a black mob a white supremacist mob could do the damage that they did unless they either dropped a bomb or used some type of military force. And, and there's a lot, a lot of evidence that suggests that there was planes used and the planes could have been used either to drop gasoline over the homes and businesses to make incineration easier, faster, and more and efficient. just spread right through. Or there could have been micro bombs that were set off that were basically like fire bombs that exploded and helped the, the incineration. There's not... I'm not sure which it could have been, but there is definitely proof of the planes. And that's the only proof that they have. However, and that also that also brings in another conspiracy that I'm, which is weird because usually you're the ones who brings in conspiracies, but I'm going to slide this one in. I remember very clearly learning in American history that any time civilization started, it was because of two things, which you already talked about. Railroad going through a place and the only reason the railroad had to go through is because there was a township there that people had to communicate or send stuff back and forth from and the only reason people were going anywhere was for arable land which was all basically on the east coast anyway so they weren't going east west they were going north south until and that emancipation proclamation bullshit midwest bullshit dynasty everybody grow out right there. and a lot of this is honestly just like taking over Native propaganda American land exactly. as well like like we I, we're well aware but to, to frame it the same way they did in history like you basically have uh the oil companies and popping up in places and then railroads coming in so you have like the rockefellers and the uh um rothschilds basically working together hand in hand mm. to build and start this this country which is another reason why they're kind of like Ooh, the Illuminati, like, uh, like they're kind of like the big head family members. But I do think it's interesting that somehow planes and other things like that happen to be used within 48 hours of a random riot. And the fucked up part that about ended it up incinerating a very specific group of people, which is interesting because Oklahoma was already divided by town by town by town when it came to race, not split in each town either way it was still supposed to be split and it's just one of those where it's kind of fucked up that like they it was known 
that the police force of the Oklahoma State armed the rioters. Not armed the rioters. They did though. They they gave them deputy, like basically um privileges. appointed uh, privileges when things got too crazy because they didn't know what to do and they didn't want it to turn to an all-out war. So the best thing to do was to what? Side with the white, white people. And that's why to this day, like this is a stain in history that no one wants to talk about. They hide it with their blemish and their makeup and their cover so much. Like where we as a community, no one really knows about this. This is a taboo topic. We, again, just are now educating ourselves about it. And we might not have the facts correct. One, there's weed involved. And two, again, we're just doing our own research from what we know. But what is great and what is synchronicity, which is amazing. Like we didn't know that we were going there on the 100-year anniversary. Because if we did, we would have definitely gone. We would have took to, photos. We would have went to a museum or something. Um, they, they have the Greenwood Cultural Center, which is dedicated to it. So we would have definitely gone and paid our homage to see uh, what was done and now to see what the community is. But what's really cool and what's amazing to we hear. Drew, we drove right through it, though. Yes, we did We were drive. around the whole place the whole time. We just. We didn't know. It wasn't clear. We didn't fucking know. And it's just crazy to know and to see and to hear that our boy, Russell motherfucking triple-double Westbrook is the executive producer to a documentary that is being dropped next Sunday on the History Channel. Oh, that's so soon. Oh, the yeah. day before. Okay. Yeah, it's being, yeah, exactly. So it's the day before the one. Actually, this is the, the first day because it was 48 hours. So that's the whole bullshit. Right. This is when the incident happened. Then they released the paper, and then that's when everything went all crazy. Yep. So this is the beginning, like, actual day, anniversary. But, yeah, Mr. Triple Double himself, again, he is no longer with the OKC Thunder. He is now part of the Washington Wizards, which sucks. But you can show how much of a true team player he is, like, and how dedicated to the city of Oklahoma he was. Yep. Because he went out of his way to help fund and to make sure that this historical information was given to the people and it was done in the right way. And it was done again, like right now in the perfect time. Again, not only is the, the 100th anniversary, but all this shit is applicable. Yeah. All this stuff is still happening to this day. We're still divided by little dumb shit, by little certain things that are, when you really think about it, minute that don't really matter. I mean, also that most of it could be handled by conversation. Yes. And I know it's like, okay, well, I don't feel like it's my place or I don't want to have those conversations. Like, dude, I remember having conversations with my best friends when I was in like middle school, elementary, like middle school and high school about why the Middle East shouldn't be bombed about that's where my family's from. I don't think that my family should be killed. Like, Little fucking minute conversations like that that seem, seem so stupid it, it, to you or to them to even have, for no matter what side of the argument you're on, it's important to have them because people just don't know until you talk. You And, and that's one thing that I loved. Like, I feel like we talked a lot of shit, but when we went down to Oklahoma, we were also embraced. Yes. Like, there were people who opened their door backyards because we were all outside but there were people who opened their their homes to us their arms to us they fed us they they just met us yeah and they didn't care they wanted to know what our life was like like they yeah. 
they just had questions and, and unconditional love support like we basically made new family with these people we just met you know and that and i love that i so 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 appreciated that yes and that was was really cool to see that these people aren't letting this stained history just define them and separate them right like these people are willing to get past it and be open and talk about other shit um so real quick you want to watch the the preview with everybody it's one minute long i'm down i haven't seen it yet so we're about to watch this together yeah so i'm excited to hear what westbrook Westbrook? yeah yeah this is his shit all right let's do it oh shit don't do drugs the story of the tulsa massacre was actively suppressed Tulsa was the best place for African-Americans. People refer to it as Black Wall Street. The Tribune published a story titled Nab Negro for Attacking Girl in an Elevator. It was a false narrative to reinforce white supremacy. At that point, this wall of white people firing into homes, bombs dropping from the air. It was just an all-out massacre. Now, one of those men who participated in the race massacre were ever to justice. The reason we understand the history of the massacre is that certain survivors decided to talk about the need to do something about what happened in Tulsa. There cannot be any justice until there is proper respect, restitution, and repair. So that's Mr. Triple Double, executive producer. That's coming out next Sunday, which is really dope. And again, like we may not have all the historical information, everything correct, but if this is something that you're passionate about, that you want to be informed about, that you want to learn more about, please tune in next week. We didn't get paid for that. It's just synchronicity, and it's ironic that this this is what's happening. Yeah. Like, like it's just really cool. And like you were talking about before, like it's. The only way for us to understand why these things happen, even in the world, like especially as the United States, we always want to be the shepherds of peace. We always want to go tell people about democracy, how to live their lives, how to do certain things, what's right or wrong. Sometimes we even want to impose it on them. Yes, we go and we destroy what these people love and the life that they have, and we impose our bullshit onto them because we think it's better. But I think like this lesson from what happened in Tulsa is a remembrance that like terrorism does not wear skin color and it can exist both foreign and domestically. Yep. And we've experienced this now again recently with the whole Trump race riot and storm the, 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 the fucking Capitol. So I think like right now, this is the perfect documentary. This is the perfect time. This is the perfect energy where it allows us to come to this situation, this stain and learn how to fix this issue that happened here. Mm-hmm. Work together, acknowledge our wrongdoings, what happened before in the past, and now with Silicon Valley and now other Black entrepreneurs stepping their ways and becoming more economically wealthy and doing stuff. You see what's happening with um, P. Diddy. You see what's happening with Jay-Z. You see what's happening with Kanye West. These people get attacked for certain ideologies. They get attacked for certain things. People want to cancel them. Now with cancel culture, So I think what it comes down to is we need to learn how to work together better as a one United States so that we can better help guide our global community. Because 
in order for us to truly understand what our neighbors are going through, what pains they have, what their, their, their wounds, their scars, we can't understand what these people are going through unless we're willing to have a conversation and listen. Yep. And that's the only way we'll be able to understand why these things happen to prevent them from happening again. I agree. That's that's the only thing that it really comes down to, ultimately. And I would stress a little bit more than that, or I would stress that, excuse me, um, a little bit more by following up and saying, if we do not learn how to come together and have a conversation, then what's going to end up happening is we're going to have a people's divided that all feel like they have a claim to this land as their own. And I think the best example of why that's a big problem is you can just look in the Middle East right now. Yeah. And I'm not going to go into that today because we're going to have our own discussion about that at a later time. But anytime you have multiple groups of people or multiple people that feel entitled to the same thing and entitled to the point of that is their own, not yours, we cannot share, we cannot come together. There's war, there's fighting, there's outbreak, and it's not going to work. You wouldn't let two children fight over the same toy. You would either have them work it out, you take away the toy, or they both get one. You get what I'm saying? Like, something has to be done. And I argue that we need to come together and even potentially have something like five parties. Like, we need to have, uh, I don't like this party. Uh, like fuck all of these options y'all all suck we need to have like a like, we can keep them we can keep republican i don't really give a fuck but then you have to have some other ones like maybe there's a part maybe the green party the the what was it they had like the um i think it was called just like the green party one that's just dedicated to nature Listen, we need to do it like the genders right there's male and female but if you want 31 ways for me to say that y'all niggas is others i'm cool with that I really don't give a fuck what the partyisms is called anymore. The thing is, I'm tired of you motherfuckers thinking just because it's red and blue, that's the only way for us to think. We need new people. We need new ideas. Let's we come need together. Change. Let's make purple. Yes. We can I, use color I like theory. I can fuck with that. That's what I'm that. saying, right? Like, we can use color theory. We can find middle ground. We can we can do this. We can do this. Yeah. Purple is a color, color of royalty, right? Yeah. So let's take the red. Let's take the blue. Let's make us royal. Let's let's do this. We can actually I really I believe I really do believe because it all just fucking takes conversation. It does. It really does. But at the end of the day. And understanding this land is my land. This land is your land. You know what? How is that a song? My nigga, you taught our kids that you taught the kids that I sang that song this morning. I sang that song this morning when I was brushing my teeth. I was like, we're going to have this like interesting ass United States podcast today. And then I was like. Yo, that's fucked up because this land is not my land. It was native land that y'all stole. Now you're saying it's ours. Nah, no, no, Did no. Did you that... talk about graffiti graveyards no, when no, I was no. choking on a dick? No, but that's the fucked up part. Like, literally, no, the song is, this land is your land? No, this land is my, my land. land. <laughs> From the New York Highland. From California. <laughs> Yo, bro, I'm sorry. Son. That is the most caucasious shit I've ever heard. That's highly disrespectful. That's some funny shit. That's the thing. Again, I'm an adult and I'm unlearning. That's another thing I think. Like, that's a funny unlearning. thing. Unlearning. We as adults and as people, we are indoctrinated as a society 
They push things, certain, certain things in us as kids. We understand the world and the globe and time and, you know, well, space. I think they, and they, they tricky. They tricky. The tricky little historians that write they shit the way that they write them because they use certain words. It's not that they don't teach you history. It's that they use certain words at certain times to shape something a different way. Or even like how you got like metric and um, whatever, like all the different Imperial. ways to say a foot oh. or an inch or a centimeter or an acre. Like what's an acre? Like we talked about acres earlier. Visually. What's yeah, an I acre? I still have a hard time. It's a football field, but I still have a hard time quantifying. Like, even, what's a football field? Like, what do you a think lot. About? That's a lot. That's, a... Like, that's, that's a... it. That's all I got. It's a lot. So that's all we can really say. But like, when you really sit there, like we are indoctrinated. We are trained to think certain type of ways. And as you get older, in order for you to really mature and to be who you are supposed to be in life, I think it has to get to a point where you have to realize, like, I have to unlearn certain things for what they were and to realize what they really are. Or could be. Or could be. like, And that's that enlightenment Buddha type of shit like that. That res- you know what I'm saying? like, I thought you oh. were going to say Resident Evil. I was supposed to be like, Resident what? Evil? No, that's that meth head shit. No more Resident Evil. It Fuck worse. Scary. No, no, son. Not me. <laughs> but, you know, real quick, we've talked about Native Americans. We've talked about quite a few things on this podcast. And something else that came up for us in our drive that I thought Puffy came up with that was really excellent. And I want to talk about it is this concept of a graffiti graveyard and kind of how that came about was like, we were driving, we were driving and everywhere we went, one of the fun things for us to do was to pronounce some of the cities and towns we were driving through. And it was kind of insane. Like one of them was funny. We drove through bluff city and I was like, Psh, all right. But then we lucky. We didn't get a flat tire there. Fuck out of here. Somebody would have tried to stick a finger in somebody's oh ass. Oh my God. I bluffed you. Um, but seriously though, like it was mad Native American and I'm not going to say I know the tribes that I only know a few tribes and I'm not even going to be ignorant enough to try and say which one's which, but I will say you could see tribal lines based on the language shifting, but you could always tell it was based off Native American, uh, names and lands. And it was kind of fucked up because like, again, like I said, like I only met two natives while we were there. And it was kind of weird to drive through, like, again, these graveyards, drive through these lands and these plots and these places where but why people we were forced out. I call them graveyards because it's to realize, like, this land, this land that we claim, the blood, sweat, and tears that was put in, the people that were originally there, they were killed and sacrificed so that we could live our lives. Or That's- it was the same thing that... that- is another genocide genocide yes. that uh that's the trail of tears. exactly or they were pushed out and relocated and ju- so things like that so that's why i call it like a big graveyard because it's a place where like and then it's empty that's another fucked up part about it where there's nothing there that's the shit that there's killed me it's like, like how you how you displace in and killing all these people when there's so much fucking land and like t- after driving through it and after seeing on the maps and we're going to put all the links in, uh, in the bio like we usually do. Yes, yeah, so you guys can do your own research and look at this stuff. you can see, yeah. But, like, to, to actually see how much fucking land there is that's not being used, that's not currently, currently, that is just there. And, like, truly, I don't understand why violence was necessary. Like, motherfuckers just be waking up choosing violence every time I open a history book. It's disgusting. But, but yeah. No, it's just, it's just, it's, 
it was different. It was very different. It was crazy. But I do um, like the idea that, or not the idea. I, I don't like the idea, but I like the way you phrased it by saying that, like, these lands are now named after the same people that you slaughtered. So it's like you're graffitiing their names. Yeah. And on, that's what I'm saying. On a cemetery. And that's why it's a graveyard because there's nothing there. These people aren't there. They're misrepresented. They're kicked out. And then their names are on these plaques. And you're driving through and you're seeing this. And even then, what's fucked up? You see the billboards support our reservation, buy our hemp, buy our fireworks, buy our alcohol. It's like. And it's like all shit that's not actually originally native. Yeah. So, my bad, y'all. We're going to go. So, we're not even going to stay on the negative stuff. But here comes some behind the scenes photos. That was the hardest transition. No, because I, I need to switch over from that negative shit. I'm sorry. You do, but that was a funny ass. Like, here's here's Greg. Yeah, it's my husband. Here goes my husband. Talk about happy stuff. So if y'all are doing a wedding, right? And y'all need people to go behind the scenes and take photos and all that shit, hit your boy up. Hit hit hit, hit Puffy and Smokey up. Hit up Pudgy Thanks. Productions. Let us know. Look at these photos I took. We took behind the scenes. This man is a fucking World War II, oh, excuse me, a Vietnam um, vet. Thank you for your service. This is Michelle's father. This mm-hmm. is one of the nicest, most sweetest man I, men I was able to meet. Um, honestly, even getting him to take his photo was a lot. Yeah, he didn't want the photo. He didn't want the photo. But you know what? And my boy John Michael had to pull his dick out. He was like, I'm good in the photo too, Yo, motherfucker. So cute. It was a beautiful wedding. And again, we want to thank everybody for opening their arms, their homes, their hearts to us. It was it was truly Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that we went on that trip, too, because as much shit as we're talking like to see your word, got to take your dick. How your dick feel? (laughs) Suspenders make it make your clothes hug your penis too much. I don't know. I didn't know that. Yeah, because it's like it's pulling your pants up like a wedgie. I didn't like it. Mm. I mean, it's cute. Don't get me twisted. I really uh, like the way you look at him. Yeah, yeah. I'm so happy you getting my husband already. Yeah, I could see that. It was cute. Oh shit! Look at Matt. Look at Matt. My yeah. bad, y'all. So this I was about to say anybody who's listening photos. to this. So y'all can't see the photos, but these are just nice photos that I took. So again, I'm giving a a, a nice plug shout out for us and our services. So if, yes. you need, if you need to hire a camera crew, let a nigga know, and I'll come through and I'll take some photos of you and your team on your deck. Or whatever day. Or whatever day. Or whatever day. My boys. Oh Word. shit. It was it was so beautiful. It, it was, was so nice. much fun. They got married on um a farm. Even and then, so the cows were in the that's background. So cute. No, I'm saying it was so cute. Like I fucking love it. I love this barn. I want this barn. It is so sweet. Oh. But anyways, yeah, I crashed the fucking the bachelor party by accident. I didn't realize, but then I was like, okay, I'm going to just take photos. And then a dog crashed it too, a whole random ass pit bull. His name was Knuckles. Him and I, we were just hanging out the whole time. Taking photos of the recklessness. But yeah, Greg and Michelle, y'all are beautiful. Thank we you. Love Oklahoma, you. it was great. Thank you guys all for tuning in, coming in for this episode of the podcast. Thank you for being patient with our little hiatus. And no, uh, next week, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna have my receipts. Hopefully I'm gonna show is. y'all that it's just allergies, and hopefully, I'm not gonna be coughing up a lung next week. All I gotta say is, this bitch probably got COVID, and I'm oh upset. God. 
You're such a hater. Look, because black people don't get COVID. So I'm I'm chilling. I'm negative. I'm over here fine, symptom free. I can smell, I can taste, I can exercise. I could smell, taste, I could do all that. I'm mm-hmm. just in pain. You got some other symptoms though. You scaring me right now. Yeah, allergies. Yeah, allergies, quote unquote. Yeah, look at him. I got a lap dance too. I bet y'all didn't expect that. Yeah, yeah that shit was hilarious. Yeah. Everybody yeah. had a good time. That shit was so oh, but that's what I was gonna say real quick before we peace out. I just wanna say having a kickback to normalcy was important. I, I agree. think like I was really on I was really fucking paranoid before we went on the trip. Like I was I was like from a scale of one to ten, I was like an eight. Bitch, I was at a nine. We went out to the club to the first and second night. No, the first night we went out. We only went out one night. But that's what I'm saying. The one night we went out, we all get to this bar. And the fuck? And again, it's an inside-outside bar. Like, everything is technically outside. It's all open. It is very different. It was all really open outside. But, like, we got nervous because all we saw was the inside bar area. So we get to the shit. Which, at the moment, was packed when we walked by. We were like, ah! sardine can okay and like we immediately all of us were like nah it's time to go to fuck home we're not doing this shit right. so it's one of those like i'm not gonna lie to you my my senses were really really high and, and we were high uh <laughs> but uh yeah i just i was nervous i was really nervous the weed out there also is it's okay it's all right it's, all right. it's um, pretty average it's pretty good weed. It's it okay. Was, it was pretty good. It tastes good, but it didn't really do anything. I felt yeah, like. Yeah, we were also stressed the whole time. It's all good. Yeah. And um, the hardest job in the were... wedding was a best man, vitals maid, and the wedding organizer. Because I'm not going to lie to you. I thought I was going down there to get drunk, get fucked up. I was going to try and find midget strippers. I chopped down a tree, as y'all can see. We found a random pit bull that we were what trying to adopt. Like, I had so much other shit in mind. I did not think I was going to have to be the ringleader to a whole bunch of grown-ass men. I didn't think I was going to do it. And look how long it took me to chop down that little-ass tree. You know what? So, oh, y'all, but, you, but you learned. But you learned. I though. got that tree. It's crazy because in the cartoons, they make that shit look easy. You look at, like, Popeye and all those other big muscle motherfuckers and all that me? shit. You look at that shit for real reference. Popeye eats a can of spinach and gets muscles. Yeah, that bro, then evaporates in, like, an hour. It took me a good 10 minutes to chop down that one little-ass tree. Listen, but you learned, though. You also was going at it wrong, which you found out later. Listen, fuck that shit. I ain't never doing that shit no more. I'm hiring people. You're funny. I'm hiring my cousins, Juan and Josue. And you Josue. Got, you're going to come and get that shit. Fuck what you heard. But yeah, but the kickback to normalcy was was important. I feel like because it just yeah, it, it it helped me realize that like all right, we could chill the fuck out, but at the same time, be safe, right? Like yeah. continue wear your mask, get your checkups. Like even now, we're getting fucking tested, we're quarantining, we're doing everything we got to do, but simultaneously, people are getting vaccinated, numbers are going down, like th- things are progressing in a way where like oh shit like we can start to try and have a life again and also cdc came out and said truly masks outdoors is like ridiculous you really don't need to do that unless you're like on top of one another um so yeah i feel like everything's slowly starting to get back to to what any sort of normal could potentially be and i'm i'm looking forward to it because i didn't realize how much i needed to go out and laugh with people again. 
I agree. If nothing else, like you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I want to dance. I want to party. I want to do certain shit. I don't really care about the drinking. I don't care about any of that other stuff, but I do miss people. Yeah. And I think, yeah, we had like one or two awkward interactions where we went out and like, yeah, of course we were going to have some sort of like differences, but to end the podcast on like a, on, on a honest note, as scary as it was to branch out into a, out of your comfort zone after so long in a bubble, it was, it was pretty good. Word. And I've been trying to get her maybe to say to think about moving down south. So that was a good eye opener. Yeah, you've my been crypto, trying to get me to do that for a long time. Yeah, because when my crypto money come out, your plots of land out there, you can get like an acre for like a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars. So that means I could go it's disgustingly. I'm cheap. about to go make a new six flags, nigga. I'm letting y'all know right now. It's gonna be puffy flags, and we're gonna be puffing and smuffing all day. That, that sounds fun as fuck. I would go yeah. to a puff flags yeah. show. So no, I'm joking, but I'm definitely gonna get some land. Down I don't know. There. That sounds fun though. You say you're joking, but you never know. I would do that shit if I can go on a ride drunk. I'd rather go on a ride high. I agree. I do go on my rides high, but they don't know that. I mean, yeah, they don't know that. No fuck. I paid the ticket, bitch. I paid a fee. You don't tell me how I experience what the fuck I pay for, bitch. Okay, fuck out of here. Unless y'all drug testing and I do an alcohol test before we go in there. That's a little excessive. Nah, I feel like if you want to do a COVID test first, fine, whatever. But... Word, fuck out of here. But, but anyways, listen, it's Sunday. Word. It's almost six o'clock. We love y'all. We hope everybody have a wonderful evening. Take it easy. Um, let's get ready for the work week, y'all. Thank you. We y'all. love you. We thank you. Be safe. Thanks. Uh, you know, same as always. Wash your hands. Wash your ass. Sanitize. Brush your teeth. Brush your tongue. Quarantine. Get tested. If you're traveling, be cautious. Be safe. Nobody's gonna come after you, but be honest if you have been traveling. Keep the blicky, keep the blick, keep the giddy. Excuse me, the keep giddy. your giddy, say keep yeah. your giddy. And if that bitch Rhonda try and pop your tires, you go get your giddy. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I just mix my crackhead stories together. Oh my god. And, and don't do math. Don't, <laughs> don't do math. If just you don't. like your face and you like your teeth, don't do math. We want to see your face. Do. Don't do math. <laughs> Oh, shit. I love y'all. We hope to see y'all next week. Take it easy. Take it breezy. Peace. And love.